This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And we're live here on a Saturday night. Good evening, everyone, and welcome in to a live program on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the John Doherty Hour. We flipped the switch today and kicked the show off tonight, J-Doc, with the John Doherty Hour live. And we'll be live uh, for the next 60 minutes, and then we'll follow up the live show uh, with a rebroadcast of our show from a week ago, uh, where we'll spend some time in that second hour uh, on the legends of labor. We have a legend himself, John Doherty, as our uh, host. But before we bring John into the convo, uh, Jay Doc, a good Saturday night to you, my friend. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, no, we got a great show. Uh, hour one's going to be fantastic. And, of course, like you said, great, great way to, uh, to put it. Uh, we have a, a legend, uh, obviously, with John Doherty in, in, in hour number one. And then we get the opportunity to rebroadcast last week's Legends of Labor announcement broadcast. And, of course, we're celebrating uh, Sam Staten, the, the career and, legis, uh, and, and legacy of Sam Staten Sr., uh, and and so there was it was a great show. People are going to love it. And I can't think of a better way to set that show up than, of course, like you said, with a uh, a legend himself, John Doherty. So a great show, Joe. No doubt about that. We'll get John in here in just a second. Just let me set the table uh, for the listening audience. We do have a great show lined up, as J. Doc mentioned, coming up uh, out of break one. Lisa Dealey. Uh, from the uh, Philadelphia City Commissioner will be with us. Bottom of the hour, 734, Jim Beck, a retired IBEW Local 98 electrician and a volunteer for Electrical Workers Without Borders. Uh, it'll be great to get an update and uh, from Jim as he returns uh, to the labor show. And then at 47, 747 tonight, uh, the self-proclaimed Scott Money Myers uh, will be with us, um, and uh, we'll get some updates from Scott. It'll be a fun segment for sure. Let's bring in John Doherty. John, a good Saturday night to you, man. Nice to be back live and local here on a Saturday night. Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. And, uh, you know, I'll probably start off tonight, if you don't mind, just taking a second talking about Mr. Staden. Yep. You know, because I, I didn't I didn't have much conversation, you know, earlier in the week in your show. And I won't take long tonight, but I have commented multiple times on this radio show and almost every other union hall or chamber or wherever I've been allowed to speak. I talk about the reason that I am where I am today is because I had so many 
talented people in the room when I started. I was a young guy, and I asked a lot of questions. And I leaned on a lot of the older senior labor leaders. And, you know, we've lost a few. I mean, most recently, Pat Gillespie, which, you know, I'm still, you know, unbelievably devastated about that because, you know, you talk to Pat every day during my active career, you know, every day, not every other day, every day. And he just was, you know, loaded with wit and an unbelievable fan and advocate for the talents of Mr. Staten. I mean, he always, he didn't go any place without Sam. And it was part of, as I mentioned on the show, there were three or four of us that, you know, basically hung around together and, you know, Wombi and Wayne Miller and other Pat Gillespie and Mr. Staten early on in my career. But he was one of many, but he was one of one. Okay. And when I say that, I had Jimmy Williams, international president, you know, John Doherty, international president, uh, Marty Mataloni, international president. I can go on and on. All these guys that were in the room as business managers went on to be international presidents. And they set the table for more international presidents to follow. We probably have eight, nine guys from Philadelphia. But nobody was more prominent or more effective than Mr. Staten. And literally, he had his hands tied behind his back. He was an African-American in a world that was perceived to be a white world. And when I mean that, I'm talking the construction industry. I'm talking the Philadelphia building trades. Now, we don't deserve, okay, a lot of the negative press. And we've set, you know, the table for tremendous amount of growth and opportunity over the years. And I've talked about, you know, laughing. Yeah, I, I actually put a post up. You know, I, I've had two different meetings over contracts and one was with the press and it was an off the record meeting where about 90 people from the press were there and they asked me about the building trades and uh one i would have been dead on arrival if i didn't have mr statum with me but two i pointed out that you know there was 90 some people in the room and only two people of color max so i said that i'm you know our participation is much better than yours and then when we were doing deals with the school board there was a gentleman by the name of Todd lee who was actually very effective Okay, and rest his soul. Tom was active in Philadelphia education for years. Well, he had got the building trades. And again, Mr. State and myself, Joe Ashdale, Pat Gillespie, you know, uh, Carpenters Union at Quayle, a couple of people very active in trying to put some deals together. But everybody we dealt with back then, lobbyists, white. Contractors, white. Administrators, white. I mean, I can go on and on. Architects, engineers, boom, boom, boom. And Mr. Staten could have easily walked out of them rooms, you know, in protest. But he told people, hey, look, you want me back in a room? You're going to have some other people in here, okay, that have the same understanding of life that I do. And he was just an amazing individual. And he, he went deep. He, I mean, he, you know, the hospitality industry, it was him. You know, city politics, him. Judicial politics, there's people out there that would not have had a chance to be a sitting judge. Okay, Lizette Harris, very prominent judge, came right out of the labor union, but a gigantic, gigantic, okay, uh, a fan was Sam stayed of her. Lori Dumas, I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, you know, Sam walked her down the aisle at her wedding. She became a judge. Okay, I can go on and on. Okay, when you talk about the marketing world. I mean, he, he, there was a tremendous amount of opportunity in, in the African-American community, the gambles and huffs of the world and, the, you know, and 
it was just amazing. From a charitable and scholarship, you know, nothing was more prominent than the Sammy dinner. In fact, I have, uh, if you ask me personally, you know, what were some of the greatest, you know, things that I ever received? The Sammy was one of the, the, the most important things I've ever received. You know, it was significant. It was, it was, it was uh, beautiful. And it is, it's a labor with a jackhammer. And it's given out by Sam State and, and a selection process. And he gives a ton of money to not only kids, but agencies that support kids. Just, he, he, just, he, was, he, was, he was big time. He was the man. And uh, nobody, and he was quiet. Literally, he was the, you know, the quiet guy to walk with the big stick. And, uh, you know, he's left, he's left a legacy. You know, Sam Jr. don't get enough credit, you know, for what he does. You know, Sam has, uh, has basically put 332 in the Labor District Council on Main Street with his training centers actually on Broad Street. I mean, he's involved in a lot of activities. You take a look at Ryan Boyer. We all know about Ryan. You know, I said in that most recent city and state interview I did, that Ryan's biggest problem is that anytime anybody looks at our world, they look at Ryan because he's articulate. He has the ability to raise money. He, he understands the industry, and he is more than comfortable in these boardrooms. You know, I actually tell people, I, I actually think that he's more comfortable in the boardrooms than I was, and I think it's a toss-up who was more comfortable in the street. You know, I know I was, but I can't say that to Ryan. I always, I always tease him. You know, uh, but, uh, but, that's, but that, that's that world, and it's you're only as good as what you leave behind, and Sam did a tremendous job for everybody. And again... You know, I'm a byproduct of Sam Stater. And you know what, John, having said that, uh, you know, there's a lot of parallels between your career and, and Sam's. Um, you know, you, you had talked about how you got into politics and, you know, and, and, and it wasn't your obvious initial goal, but you knew that that's where a lot of our, you know, you know where we needed to have, uh, you know, some presence. Sam Staten Sr. was huge in that particular area. He was a visionary uh, obviously early in the game. And like you said, you know, uh, about the, the, the judges and a lot of the political leaders, I mean, the first stop had to be Broad Street if you were, if you were running for office. So, um, you know, definitely a, a visionary in that area. Well, I also, uh, you know, I know we'll probably go to a break shortly, but I just want to let you know, I can give you five, six, seven elections. John Street, okay, that was a very difficult process. The process wasn't the election. It was leading up into. I mean, you had a lot of talented people that wanted to run back then. Sam Staden never blinked on Mayor Street. And Mayor Street never forgot it. You know, Mayor Street told everybody that he wouldn't cross the street without the unions. That he wouldn't cross the street without his union card. And he was an active, participating member of Local 332. Absolutely. Okay, you take a look, you, you, you forward all the way up to Randell. I was at the table when Pat Gillespie and Randell, and Randell was falling behind in, in union endorsements. Stay, Sam kind of leveled that playing field by endorsing Ed Randell with Pat and the building trades. I mean, he just had a tremendous amount of swag, and uh, and he knew how to use it. And, you know, there'll never be another Sam Staden Sr. Jr. has his own. Okay, Sam's grandchildren are spread out across the industry. Malik, Sam's junior son, another talented man. You know, I got to deal with him at the PHA. I told his father I could care less who his kid was. The kid was just smart. Yeah, what he was doing. We did great contracts at the PHA. Just good, good times and good people. The John Doherty Hour live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
We'll get to our first commercial break. On the other side, Lisa Dealey, back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. And back here live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're live on a Saturday night, and we thank everybody uh, for tuning in. This is the John Doherty Hour. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Jim Beck will be with us a little bit later on. Perhaps we will ask Money Myers whether or not the Philadelphia Phillies uh, will get into the playoffs. You'll hear him tomorrow right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J-Doc, over to you, brother. Thanks, Joe. And, and on November 8th, uh, 2022, which is about six weeks away, uh, the 2022 Pennsylvania state elections will take place. Uh, on that particular date, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania will hold elections for the following offices, Governor, Lieutenant Governor, U.S. Senate, U.S. House of Representatives, and the Pennsylvania State Senate, the House, the whole deal. Uh, and the individual that's uh, responsible uh, largely in the city of Philadelphia uh, for what's going on in our elections is Lisa Dealey, uh, Philadelphia City Commissioner. I want to welcome Lisa onto the broadcast. This is not her first uh, time on the show. Lisa, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you tonight? We're hanging in there. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you on the broadcast. Uh, you know, we, we, we know uh, we got an important election coming up, uh, and, and, and uh, we're going to bring John into the, you know, into the uh, picture in about a minute. But I wanted to ask you, if you would, um, we just celebrated National Voter Registration Day. What, what was the goal for that day, and, and, and what efforts did you and uh, your fellow commissioners make here uh, in the city to register more voters? Well, the other day was National Voter Registration Day, and it is a day for everybody uh, to recognize that there is a time limit for you to be able to participate in the, in the upcoming election. So uh, in Pennsylvania, you know, you have until October the 24th to be registered to vote. So that means if you are 18 or somebody in your household is 18 or will be 18 on or before November the 8th, we want to make sure that you're, re- you're registered to vote. If you need to change your name, change your address, uh, the time to do that is now so that you can be in- fully engaged in the process and you can have your voice heard on Election Day. So uh, the calendar makes way for National Voter Registration Day as a day for uh, everybody to stop uh, and recognize that the calendar is ticking and the days are going by and don't wait too late. Uh, to make sure you can get your vote cast. And we were out in schools. Uh, we did voter registration drives at supermarkets. We were at Community College of Philadelphia. Uh, we went to, uh, you know, a bunch of high schools all throughout the city because, really, it's a great day also to engage our youth and to make sure that all of our seniors, uh, our graduating seniors that are 18 or will be 18 before November the 8th, uh, take part in that process. And how are we looking with um, voter registration at this time? You know, we always see an uptick around around the midterm elections, and, and this election is, is no different. There are a lot of groups, a lot of organizations that are out registering people. Uh, so I think our voter registration numbers are going to be good. 
Uh, we want to make sure, especially for this election, that if you want to vote by mail, uh, you take the time to fill out that application. Uh, you can go on our website at vote.phila.gov, apply for your mail-in ballot. You can vote by mail. It is legal. It is safe. And it is your right. If that's how you choose to vote, uh, we want to make sure people get you know, their applications in and they're able to do that. And, and before we bring in John, and we're going to bring him in in, in, in about a second, uh, when, does the, when does the early voting start? So in Pennsylvania, we have what is called uh, in-person mail-in voting, and that will be available at our city hall office uh, in room 140, but that won't be available until the ballot is ready. And we expect uh, the Philadelphia ballot to be ready by the second week of October. So once that ballot is ready and it starts to go in the mail, we'll open up our, our satellite election office in City Hall for anybody that wants to come in in person uh, to cast their ballot and vote. John Doggerty? Yeah, it's Irish weekend down there, so I knew Lisa was really good on the stump. But I was hoping that she had a few drinks in her, and she really started like <laughs> saying some crazy stuff on the radio about getting out the vote. And I know she's down there, and I know she's been out already. So, one, I want to thank her for coming. And two, I was hoping that you would you would have just went off the reservation for a while and been crazy and told people to get out and vote and did a real kind of flavor. But you know, listen, get you can't take for granted. Oh, you ahead. can't take for granted that people are voting. Okay, and you can't take for people, granted that people are registered. You know, when my brother Kevin was one of the three Democrats running for Supreme Court, which, you know, had a national impact, you know, uh, when he was running, back-to-back years, we did close to, I think one year was over 30,000, and the other year was right under. 30,000 new registrations were re-registrations. And, uh, I mean, they're significant numbers. I mean, 60,000 people over two-year period. I wasn't all centered in Philly. It was spread out a little bit. But, I mean, it just goes to show you when you concentrate and you ask questions, you might be surprised how many people in your own family aren't registered to vote. You know, or, or they change. It's amazing, you know. And, and, and let, me, let me say this. Um, one it was obviously because of COVID, there was um, some confusion back then, obviously, because of polling places, especially the elderly uh, the, the homes that were not uh, available at the time. Where are we, uh, Lisa, where are we with um, with our uh, the polling places? Are we back to normal? Uh, talk about that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we do the mail-in election, but in Philadelphia... Uh, we're running two elections simultaneously at the same time. So on Election Day, we have 1,703 divisions that stand up in-person voting, and our polling place numbers are going to be about 800, which is right where we uh, typically are. So we're seeing a great comeback uh, since COVID. We're really appreciative to all of our uh, private business owners that allow us to come in. We're getting a lot of our churches back. Even some of our uh, long-term care facilities, nursing homes, are coming back. So slowly but surely, uh, we're we're coming back full full steam ahead. And you know, absolutely, everybody should vote. And this is the most you know we hear it all the time. Every election, everybody says, you know, this is the most important election of your lifetime. You know, and every election really is the most important election of your lifetime because it's occurring in your life, and you should think of every election like that but i you know i don't think there's ever been an election where i say that 
and I say it all the time, but I don't think there's ever been an election where I say it like I'm saying it today, where I've ever meant it. No question about it. No, no, there's no doubt about it, especially with Roe versus Wade. Uh, you know, you, 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 the, the states decide that, and, and so I believe there's going to be a lot of motivated uh, voters. Uh, having said that, uh, Lisa, where can Philadelphians go uh, for more voter information? They can go to our new website. It's vote.philadelphia.gov. Or they can call our office at 215-686-3460. Absolutely. Lisa Dealey, our special guest here on the John Doherty Hour as we broadcast to you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Lisa, quick answer, if you will, before uh, we let you uh, we let you return um, to your activity on a Saturday night. Does increased voter registration equal increased turnout? Does that parallel uh, exist? Absolutely. If people are taking the time... Uh, to make sure that they're they're registered and they and they have the opportunity to vote, they're they're going to take that opportunity. So we will see the numbers increase. The more people that are registered, the more people take part in the process. All right, good stuff from Lisa Dealer. Lisa, we thank you for checking in to uh, the John Doherty Hour live on this Saturday night. Uh, we'll catch up with you again. Thank you very much for being with us. This is uh, the John Doherty Hour live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J. Doc will return on the other side of the break. Of course, John Doherty will uh, return on the other side of the break. Uh, our special guest coming up is Jim Beck, a retired uh, electrician who is now spending all of his time doing volunteer work. We'll talk to Jim. Uh, have a good conversation with him, and then still to come, the myth, the self-proclaimed legend of South Philadelphia, Money Myers, will wrap us up a little bit later on, back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. And we're back here live on a Saturday night. The John Doherty Hour coming right at you here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Cash that ticket with Money Myers. That segment coming up a little bit later on at 747, John. We'll uh, bring Scott into the broadcast. And before I transition to you, John, to um, introduce Jim back and bring him uh, into the conversation, give me 20 seconds here uh, to set the table for the audience. I don't want to tell you what Jim does, but I do want to say that um, one of the most powerful um, areas of influence that comes from the union community is the ability to change lives by literally writing a check, volunteering their time, jumping in with both feet when there's a need and that's what the union community has always done and i only say that because i want to make sure that we keep reminding the audience john not because we want to pat on the back uh, but guys like jim beck and what they do um 
ultimately will affect people in such an incredible way. So uh, with that little uh, statement, I'll turn the broadcast back over to you. Uh, We'll get Jimmy in here for a conversation. Yeah, this process started a while ago. International President Ed Hill, who was a dear friend of Local 98, and, and as is the active president, Lonnie Stevenson. But Ed was the international rep, which means he serviced Local 98 on a daily basis. Then he was the vice president of the district, which meant that he had a tremendous amount of personal contact. And pretty much my whole career, I spent under Ed Hill. And Ed had nice relationships. And it was it just wasn't, you know, it, it was trying to create work opportunities. But in the process, he realized there was a lot of people that needed help just surviving with normal, normal things. And the normal process of having simple electricity, lights, and power. So, uh, and then we saw 9-11, you know, a place like New York City, Wall Street, Manhattan, that we never thought would be without, you know, some form of power, what it was like to operate without, you know, voice data or any of it. So, you know, Ed came up with a process. He had a good vice president who's a dear friend of all of ours, Don Sigel, who's, you know, been on the show many times. Don's still active, and he's still active in Electricians Without Borders. And then what you need, you need people that help you with the money, and you need people to help you with people. And then there was a guy by the name of Bill Gower. He's like the best-kept secret in Philadelphia electricity. Uh, he's, he's the owner of Hatzel & Mueller. He also has a low-voltage company that is you know, very prominent. He does a great job, and he's got a big heart. And a lot of his people have, you know, volunteered over the years. And, you know, you say, why would you go, you know, overseas when there's so many opportunities around here? Well, we get paid to do a lot of stuff around here, but we also do way more gratis work and more free projects in town and and, in this area and the poor communities than you would understand or even appreciate. And then you need someone who's willing to put his family aside and, you know, go to a very poor place, somebody that could either just been, you know, a tornado, a hurricane, an earthquake, a war or something. And, uh, and then there's, you know, you get the bill goer and then you get the Jim Beck. Jim Beck has been, a, you know, we kind of close to the same age. Uh, we grew up in South Philly. He's, he's just a, you know, he's always been a very good electrician. He's been highly respected by the people that work. He's had, you know, some big accounts in his day. And, you know, he decided that he was going to help out and go over and, you know, do the, you know, do manage and project set up and coordinate and let people know what that what you need to really, you know, get these places up online. So, you know, I can't say anything more than Jimmy can say, and I'd much rather have him tell you. And he's just a good guy, good family, big time 98 family, big time hats on Bueller family. Jim Beck. Jim Beck, welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Thank you. It's great to have you, and 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 certainly uh, high praise from John, and and obviously you know we've talked about electrical uh, electrical workers without borders um, prior before on on the broadcast. Um, if you will remind our listeners, uh, you know uh, about uh, you know the endeavor about electrical workers without borders, and talk about why you became involved with the uh, with the program after such a stellar career in local ninety eight. Yeah, right before COVID had hit, um, Bill Gower had asked me if I would be interested in going to Peru for Electricians Without Borders. And I told him at that time, without a doubt, yes, just let me know and I'll pack my bags. Um, so that's how it started. But then with COVID, with COVID happening, it got shut down and we weren't able to get there until the end of this July. So we were there the end of July, beginning of August. 
and 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 as as far as what you guys do, first of all, um, talk about the experience. I know you know you had that opportunity to to, to go to Peru. Um, when you get there, hey, what's it like? And you know, compared to a job site that you would walk on here in the city of Philadelphia, um, what is the whole entire experience in 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 Peru uh, like when you're when when you're going there to do that job? Yes. Um, when we went there to look at, we went to a few, couple different areas. We went about three hours north of Lima, and then we went on the uh, western part of Lima as well. But in all the community areas are not what we're used to seeing. The community areas are, you know, dirt streets. Basically, the climate there is actually a desert. Um, and the people that, uh, I would say, Good portion, majority of people are poor. Um, it's not uncommon to be riding, uh, riding by where they just throw trash in dumps and see people sitting in the dump just looking for a bite to eat. Um, so it's a lot different than what I was used to seeing here in the States. How long were you in Peru? Uh, approximately six days, seven days. And what type of, uh, you know, what type of work were you doing? We had to go, um, there was a 6KW solar system that was installed on a, I want to say it's a convent slash um, school for small children and also a training facility that the Catholic Catholic nuns uh, ran. So we went there to look and make sure that it was installed correctly and that there was no electrical hazards. And then we did an evaluation. I, we did the evaluation of the rest of the building as well. We wrote up a, um, a detailed report what needed to be done um, additional at that site to make it safe for the sisters and children. And, and so how that, were was you, the, that was oh, the I'm first the, site that we went to. And, and Jim, how were you received by the, by the, the people there? Um, yeah, did they understand what you were doing? And obviously they knew you were from America and, and, and um, you know, you were doing some things to help them talk about that. Yes, uh, we were, we were graciously accepted. Um, they're always, they're all, they're, they got big hearts um, for what they lack and what they have financially. They have big hearts. They, you're, you're they totally embraced us. They, the sisters took care of us the whole time we were there, um, whether it be transporting food, lodging. They couldn't do enough for us. Um, but we got to see different facilities. We got to see three different facilities that, that the, Catholic, um, the Catholic Church takes care of, and each one was a little different. And, and, and the experience... Um, you know, I'm sure when you came back, obviously, you know, you, you know, you engaged with your family and talked about that. But how would you, uh, how would, you, what would you say to other electricians, um, you know, even young guys that or that you know that, that may not be retired, but you know, seven days is not something that's that's um, unmanageable. Um, how would you would you recommend it to to other individuals based on your experience? hundred uh, percent. Whether it be in the United States or outside the United States. If there is a time that you can dedicate to help someone that especially that are in, that's in need or just is in a community like we were, where they just absolutely have nothing, they have very, very little, um, just to do that 
it makes you appreciate what we have here at home. Yeah, I can't. Oh, go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. As when I came home, when I came home, you know, you realize that everything that we have, if something happened to us tomorrow, we had we had more. I know I had more of my share of life here. So that's why at a drop of a hat, if John or Local 98 or Electricians Without Borders was the call and say, Jim, we need you here. I would pack my bags tomorrow and go again. Awesome. I mean, that's, I mean, it's so inspirational and impacting. John Doherty? Yeah, listen, he just does a wonderful job. I mean, the industry is unbelievable when it comes to helping out. And when he talks about, you know, he's, he talks about people being dirt poor, not poor like, you know, people who don't have any food, people who have limited water, people who have contaminated water. And, and when they do this, that's why they do it. You know, and I mean, it just can't say enough nice things about him and Bill Gore and Don Siegel and Lonnie and Ed for taking this on because they don't have to. There's enough things they can do, you know, to, 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 if they were looking for, you know, that a boy, there's a million things they can do around here. This is something that's very just, you know, life changing, life shattering, you know, and, and they're making sure that people are being treated properly. It's just great. Awesome. Jim Beck joining us here tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jim Beck, we salute you, sir. Thank you very Thank much you. for joining us tonight. Well done. Thanks, uh, Jimmy. Great- Enjoy your weekend, buddy. Thank you very much, everyone. Yeah, really good stuff from Jim Beck, Jay Doc, and John. Um, nice to have him join us live uh, tonight on the John Doherty Hour. We will get to a commercial break on the other side, Scott Money Myers. And then don't forget, just one reminder, at the very top of the hour, 8 o'clock, hour number two of the Labor Show tonight is a uh, replay of last week's show. It uh, deals with Legends of Labor. You heard John talk about um, Sam Staten when the show kicked off in our uh, opening segment. So stay here uh, through the 8 o'clock hour right up to 9 o'clock. Uh, we've got another good show. We've got a great guest coming up on uh, the other side. We'll have some fun with Scott Money Myers back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. And we're back here live on on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT with the John Doherty Hour. One programming reminder, in that last commercial break, you did hear the um, promotion for the Labor and Energy Show tomorrow uh, at 6 p.m. Tune in, J-Doc. Uh, good show. It's our second Labor and Energy Roundtable uh, discussion. Lots of good conversation on that show and lots of good conversation uh, tonight. And we're going to finish it up with a little bit of fun. Eagles have a good football, big football game tomorrow. It's the Carson game uh, and everything else, John Doherty. But you've been telling me uh, about Scott Money Myers. We've had a few t- a few uh, chances to bring Scott onto the show. We finally get him in to do a full segment, uh, and he joins you tonight on the John Doherty Hour. Yeah, I have to let you know, the last time we had Scott on, he gave us six games, okay? Three that he loved and three that he leaned, and we asked him about the, the Eagles, and the spread was three and a half, and he said he loves the Eagles to win the game, but he he's not sure they covered a three and a half. And that this was business, 
not you know personal and and the Eagles won by three. So Scott was five one uh, five and one over his six games. And in that business, you know, you, you take them odds any day of the week. Now, I always joke. I said, you know, his name's Scott Myers. The the S is a money sign, and it's one T. So it's S with a money sign and one T. I've seen him go 19-3 and three twice. You know, he, he documents his games. And uh, so no better way to get him in here and uh, talk a little bit about the weekend. And uh, I know he's feeling good. And, and again, he's, I told you, he's got a, he's got a daughter who's like, a freshman. She's a fabulous softball player, one of the premier softball players out of the region. So he's always on the road. He's always doing something with the family, and uh, he's just a good guy. Scott, why don't you jump in, buddy? Tell us what's hot this I'm, weekend. I'm ready, guys. How you doing? How about Notre Dame taking care of UNC today? Beautiful. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome, Scott. But if they fumbled one more time when they got close to the goal line, I was going to you know, I was going to need a shot or something like that. But thank God, it's great to see them even even up the the record. Fantastic. Yeah, I had my buddy Ryan Fisher almost broke my TV. Oh. We were watching a game at my house, and uh, I had me and uh, Eric Day and other '98 legends. Speaking of '98 legends, and uh, we enjoyed the game. And I am blessed. I have a beautiful family. I have a great career with the you know '98 and. Um, you know, last time, if you took my picks, you had a chance to take your wife out to a nice BYOB and enjoy yourself to a nice steak or something, you know? So anybody what? listening and took the bets, you're welcome. And and, and exactly. And, and a 5-1 and one record's off the charts. Having said that, tomorrow's a massive day, man. Um, what are your, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on tomorrow's games? Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, I like two games. I like the Dolphins plus the 5.5 over the Bills. The Bills, uh, that safety, Michael Hyde's out. He's a big part of their defense. They're still tough. They still might win the game, but five and a half down in Miami is a tough ask. They've been riding pretty high. Um, I like the Colts, believe it or not, getting five and a half at home against the Chiefs. I think every mush in the city is going to be on the Chiefs, and I will be on the Colts on that one. Um, Count me as one of the mushes. I like the Chiefs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. At four o'clock, I like the Packers get one and a half at the Buccaneers. Brady's a little thing though. That never factors in. I usually go by the line, but Evans is out and uh, Cole Beasley's in. He signed Wednesday with them. But I like the Packers on the road. Everybody remembers that mu- that opening night with the Packers, and the same thing happened last year. And then they went on the roll. I, I like the Packers, and uh, also a four. I like the Rams laying three and a half on the road to the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals had a big comeback last week and all, and I had the Cardinals, you know, and they won outright. But, um, or two weeks ago, I should say. No, last week I had the Cardinals. But um, I, I think the Rams take care of business there. And Monday, uh, what was it, Sunday night game, I think it's 49ers at Broncos. I like the Broncos plus the one and a half. Hey, Scott, I got to ask you about the 1 o'clock game that you didn't reference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, the Eagles. It's, okay. It's the, it's the Carson game. Uh, it's the big um, it's the big win or the big game after the big win on Monday night. Uh, it's Jalen versus Carson Wentz. Um, give me some of your thoughts, I'm, even if you're not picking the game. Um, talk to me a little bit about Eagles uh, commanders tomorrow, 1 p.m. Well, I when I first seen that line four, it came out of four, believe it, on Sunday night, and I was thinking, man, that's a Washington line. But then I seen it move during the week, and it moved to six and a half because Washington center's out for a year, 
and that the Eagles D line is going to pressure him right up the middle. Carson's good for a gas or two a game. So I, I, it's always a tight game down in Washington. So I'm going to sound like a broken record with the Detroit game. I think the Eagles do pull it out, but I do not think they cover the six and a half. I'm saying 26-20 Eagles. So your side in that game, you like – so Washington's the play. I don't know if it's your pick, but Washington's yeah, the play. I like Eagles, Wa- yeah, Eagles win I it, they don't Eagles cover. Games, yeah, I like Eagles I, – I, I stay away from games I'm emotionally invested in. Makes sense. You know what I mean, I, I, I'm a big Eagles fan, so I try to keep a, a clear head. I can't, you know. And and but while we're talking about the, the the first of all, I mean, you know, your records off the chain. We, John, we have to, you know, you know, the fact we got to keep really track of 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 uh, Scott's, uh, you know, record here because, um, as you can tell, man, he's 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 putting some work in and he's successful. Um, and there's so much going on, you know, obviously with the betting and all those things. Um, you know, anytime somebody can have an edge, um, this would be a great place to do it. Plus, our ratings are going to go through the roof when people find out that we don't only do a, a labor show, but we have the inside on on uh, on NFL Sundays. So that's an awesome thing. Uh, one of the things, uh, John, and I'd like you to kind of jump in here. Let's, let, let's talk. I get it tomorrow with the Eagles. But what's your overall outlook, uh, Scott, on, on, on the Eagles and, of course, uh, John, if you jump in there. Well, Joe, real quick, your ratings and people's bank accounts are going to go up. Um, exactly. <laughs> I love a guy love with that. confidence, man. That's what I'm talking listen, about. Listen, they, uh, and then we can get to the Phillies real quick, but I think the Eagles are going to have a strong year. They're fourth. Uh, if you look at the, the odds right now to, to win the Super Bowl, they're fourth. A lot of people like them. They're a heavy pick. I... I'm still not 100% sold on Jalen Hurts. If you notice, every time he rolls right, he does great. He has great success. But the good teams, like the Giants game last year or the Buccaneers playoff games, those defensive coordinators didn't allow him to do that. And that's when he struggles, when he can't roll right. And if you look at Monday night, they played a soft-shell defense, and they let him do whatever he wanted, and they let him roll out right all day, and he scored two touchdowns that way. So i, I got to see Jalen Hurts get forced left and still have success. That's what I need to say. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, though. Having said that, you know, for starters, we're still in the preseason, man. I mean, that was his – and he looked phenomenal. Exactly. You, you know, <laughs> he he looked phenomenal. And I'm pulling for him. But you know what it also says in the NFL? And, you know, he's a second-round draft choice. I'm ecstatic that he's a second-round draft choice because we certainly don't give our first-round draft choices in the NFL time to develop. But we'll let our second round guys stick around, and and if they can accidentally develop, they do. I want, I love to see this kid uh, get the opportunity that he's getting right now and develop at the rate he's doing. It's such a great start, but like we just said, it's it's like preseason. John Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this is a great time. You know, you heard what he said. I think the Eagles have a shot. You know, I think the division's weak. You know, I'm glad to see the Giants playing decent football. You know, I, I wish. You know, I want to see them pound the Cowboys this week. Uh, I think the Scott's, you know, Scott's record is like beyond. Uh, like I said, I eighteen to three, nineteen to three twice. That's nonsense. That's not you know nonsense. That's a serious guy that knows what he's doing. And yep. again, I I believe that you know he's going to pick some winners. I think he's wrong on the the Colts game tomorrow. You know, I just think that I think they're bad. But but you know, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll start maybe I'll start like coming up with a name like Ox with a money sign where the C should be or something. You know, <laughs> something like that. You know, and. But, uh, hey, Scott, know, one last. Like, hey, I, uh, I think. 
Go ahead, John. Finish up. Sorry about that. No, I was just going to say, and I knew what he had last week. He had, he had a big winning week last week, and I think most people out there will tell you it was a tough week. You know, he's not Philly Godfather, but Joe, we we still got to work on that. You yeah, know, we we're gotta... both Philly Godfather fans, so we got we got to find uh, we got to find something here where we get uh, you know. And it, it, look, it, it's not it's Philly Godfather is, is not going to be like Apollo Creed fighter Rocky. You know that he's too smart. Okay, but hey, stop, listen, stop I, mentioned, that Rocky, Rocky uh, I, I mentioned I mentioned him. Hey, John, I mentioned uh, Money Myers to Godfather, and he, uh, you, you know, respect, re- respectfully uh, fluffed it off. He said, hey, I don't mess with the small guys, brother. Oh, he's, he, he don't know what he's talking about. When he's moving up to the – when he moves up to well, prime he, time. better win this week. <laughs> hey, uh, one la- I want to get one more NFL thought from Scott before we get a quick baseball, uh, if I have time. We might, even not, might not even get to that. Just for the benefit of our producer uh, on the show tonight, uh, who will be up there for the Jets Bengals this week? Do you have a thought on that Burrow zero and two coming in, Scott? Do you have any uh, any advice for our producer Phil on that game? I do. I looked at that game, and I think after last week, I, I do think the Bengals win and cover that game. If I had to pick it, but um, you know, Burrow has a beat up offensive line, but I think he I think he has a big game this week. Uh, the Phillies will make the playoffs. They closed nine at home, nine, their last nine. The Padres have nine, their nine last at home. And the Brewers play their last nine at home. But the Phillies will squeeze in, and the Brewers, I think, will be the, the odd team looking in. All right, awesome. good stuff from Scott Money Myers here on the John Doherty Hour. Working his way, John, into a regular segment. I got uh, 20 seconds, John. I'll give it to you to say goodbye. Yeah, our good friend Frank Keel, who has been amazing for us. You know, the they best. had a. Uh, an accidental death in the family. I mean, and uh, he's up there. I just want to send our, you know, our thoughts and prayers for Frank and his wife. I mean, he's he's just a good guy who has done a great job making sure that this show gets the ratings that we get. And uh, you know, I know that he he transcends everybody. We can get Frank to call Dom Giorgiano, can call anybody. You know, and he's also hooked us up with Scott. Money Myers. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Great stuff. That's going to do it for the John Doherty Hour on this Saturday night. Stick around for hour number two of the Labor Show on behalf of John, J Doc, and Money Myers. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.